right, everybody, welcome to the True Data Ops Podcast. You know, this episode of the show uh, is going to be very, very exciting. You know, I'm your host, Kent Graziano, the Data Warrior. You know, each episode we try to bring you people and activities that really showcase what's happening in the world of data ops today. Now, if you haven't already done this, be sure to go look up and subscribe to the dataops.live YouTube channel, because that's where you're going to find all the recordings for our past episodes. So if you missed any of the prior episodes, you can always go back and catch up. Uh, And better yet, you could go to truedataops.org and subscribe for the podcast, and then you'll get the notifications when um, we have new podcast schedules. Now, for those of you who are regular viewers, just want to let you know, you know, this is going to be a pretty, uh, I think it's a pretty exciting topic we have today. So we might run a little longer. Uh, and if we do, don't worry about it because you can always catch the replay um, on LinkedIn and be posted immediately after the show. So my guests today are two, two of my buddies from Snowflake. So uh, Vernon Tan and Rob Guglietti. Now they're, they're both were sales engineers, amazing sales engineers. And then together they founded what is now known as the Frostbite team at Snowflake. So uh, we're going to have a fun time talking about all that. So uh, Rob and Vern, thanks for being on the show today. Glad to have you here. And thank you for having us. We're very excited to be here and uh, and talk about all the good work we've done with uh, Data Offset Live. All right. So to, to get started, you know, uh, why don't you guys... Uh, take turns here and give us a little introduction to your background in uh, data management and particularly your, your journeys at Snowflake. Uh, how, 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 how did we get here? Absolutely. So uh, for myself, um, I have a bit of an unconventional background. So I, uh, I majored in criminal intelligence, got into analytics and telco, uh, and from there got into sales engineering and basically became a career sales engineer. Um, and in doing so, I learned a lot about the different problems that different organizations had with data, managing it, um, you know, having the right pipelines in place to deliver data uh, to end users. And then well, what do people do with that data? How do they get value out of it? And that's where I learned pretty much everything that I know about data management. And, uh, and uh, you know, I started out as a sales engineer at Snowflake and um, and started doing cool projects, building out. Uh, demo content and solution content alongside Rob, actually. And uh, we started the Frostbite team as a result, where we build out uh, industry solutions for all of Snowflake, uh, deliver that content to the field and to our customers, and um, and uh, and showcase what Snowflake can do uh, to solve business problems. Pretty good. Rob, what about you? Yeah, I started my career um, over you know several decades ago. Um, starting in the, you know, 98 with the Y2K problems and, and all the craziness that brought. Um, it'd be interesting uh, how the new automations of today would have helped solve those problems and, uh, and simplified that whole craze. Um, moved into contact center um, industry, um, helped pioneer some of the, the voice over IP, um, IVR, um, contact or uh, CRM system integrations. Um, went from there to, to kind of the banking industry um, and kind of brought uh, mainframe data over to modern uh, uh, data stack, um, worked with COBOL and, and kind of all that fun stuff. Um, 
from there, went on to different consulting gigs and, uh, and ended up joining SAP, where, again, um, focusing on a diverse set of industries and, and customers solving some of those transactional system and, and operational system type problems. Um, and then that's where I ended up meeting Vernon, um, um, moving into the sales engineering org of SAP. Um, we kind of worked together on uh, kind of selling that vision. Uh, Vernon moved on to Snowflake and kind of told me, hey, um, Snowflake has solved this problem of separating storage and compute. Uh, obviously, I didn't believe him, uh, but he could do it. And here we are today, um, you know, working for solutions and on kind of the uh, cloud data platform with Snowflake. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I definitely encountered that uh, particular attitude when I, I started with Snowflake in 2015. Is every talk I gave, there was always somebody in the audience that say, "Well, that'd be awesome if it was true." Right? <laughs> Just they they didn't they didn't believe they didn't believe that uh, what Snowflake could do and how it did it reinventing this architecture. And it's like when I started at Snowflake, um, you know, the, one of the reasons I find this whole conversation we're gonna have so exciting is. To do a demo, like you know, I was brand new to Snowflake. Um, Steve Herskovitz, who was the the head of sales engineering at the time, would always end up having to come over to my laptop and help me unzip a tarball with a bunch of Python scripts in it. And of course, they they would not always run right on my machine, and the demo wouldn't always be completely set up. And you know, I had it was it was a nightmare trying to figure out how to debug it. And over time, of course, that got smoother and smoother. And now with the growth at Snowflake, um, you know, it was exciting for me to see this Frostbite team that you guys formed, you know, to help that, right, to get better. And then now we're talking about, you know, this even more of an evolution um, with this internal release of what you're calling the Snowflake Solution Center, which is powered by DataOps.Live. Um, and if I understand correctly, this allows all your sales engineers and your field CTOs inside of Snowflake to really, you know, go out and do the demos and the presentations and present solutions in a much um, more seamless manner, I guess. So what I really want to talk about for, is hear from you guys is like, what problems were you really trying to solve um, there? And how did your Frostbite team end up getting involved and you know what role did you all play in, in putting the Snowflake Solutions Center together with DataOps.Live? Yeah, so I could start, and then uh, Rob, you could chime in as well if I get anything wrong or uh, if you want to add on to it. But uh, the 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 genesis for all this is uh, it, it pretty much goes back three years ago, uh, where we we formed the team, we started building out content, and we realized that that rolling out end-to-end -end solution assets for people to adopt on their own machines, on their own Snowflake accounts, is kind of a complicated proposition. So for anyone who isn't familiar, um, you know, the way we roll out demo content at Snowflake traditionally is uh, every sales engineer will have their own Snowflake account. There isn't really a shared one. There may be a few shared ones that teams use, um, but we have to deliver, um, you know, end-to-end -end content to, to all these individual demo accounts. And there are thousands of and um, three years ago, it was already complicated enough to deliver it to hundreds of demo accounts. Um, because if you were to think about it, they have to get the data delivered to their Snowflake account. Um, there has to be a pipeline to do that, right? So um, what I did is I set up a, a central Snowflake account and a replication ring around the world. 
to basically replicate all that data to every Snowflake uh, cloud and region available to Snowflake sales engineers. Then we set up data sharing for people to, uh, to access all that data without really physically moving it after the replication's over. So at the time, that, that definitely served its purpose, and it still does. We still use that framework today. Um, but doing that alone isn't enough because what do you do when the data lands in that Snowflake account? How do you instantiate any uh, first-class objects like tables, um, views, or anything else that people actually need um, to work with that data and deploy the solution? Um, you know, how do you, how do you um, I guess, manage versions? How do you um, roll out the code for people to, to run reliably and make sure they don't right. run into errors? And then how do you do all the stuff outside of Snowflake as well, like um, Jupyter Notebooks? Uh, at the time, we also only had uh, Streamlit open source, not Streamlit you know, in the product. So there were a ton of moving parts that needed to be managed, right? Python packages, you name it. And, it, and it's very complicated to manage troubleshooting for hundreds of Snowflake accounts around the globe with our humble team of 11. Right. So, so the basis for the problem is how do we do this at scale? How do we do it um, in a way that that is seamless for end user group of hundreds of SEs across over 1400 demo accounts? Right. So, um, well, and you say hundreds, but it's yeah. 700 north of 750 now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's 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 a lot. Yeah, I mean, you're starting to push a thousand sales engineers and field CTOs that are trying to do presentations and demos in the field, like you said, all over the world. Exactly. That's exactly. not that's not and have it all be seamless in the process, right? Exactly. And and fourteen hundred unique environments, right? So wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and of course there's new there's yeah. new features and private preview and public preview and all new stuff continually coming out on top of it. So it's not like it's static. Exactly. So as we update content, um, you know, if we simply pushed out changes via GitHub and tried to get people to manually instantiate those changes, well, you know, people get left behind, right? And they might be uh on the on a, an unsupported version, uh, an old version that maybe we're not even on anymore, and it makes you know that supportability problem even worse, right? And uh, I don't know, Rob, is there anything you wanted to add there? Did I capture that correctly? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we understood that our solutions um, were evolving with Snowflake, and, and they're getting more and more complex over time. So moving from straight you know data warehousing type feature function into full-fledged uh, data products, data applications, data solutions that leverage the entire data cloud from data science to data warehousing to data lakes, data applications. So these things grew more and more complex and it, it, it was harder and harder for um, sales engineers to kind of pivot on the fly and, and showcase the power of Snowflake to potential customers um, without having um, a, a massive amount of time to set those things up. Like we had in GitHub, um, you know, thousands of lines of instructions and codes to set up some of these things in the past. Um, uh, moving forward with, uh, with with data ops and kind of trying to address these things, um, we were able to kind of um, put those into a box, if, if you will, uh, in that uh, providing a, a catalog to sales engineers 
um, that didn't need to know how to deploy the actual solution. They obviously understand how Snowflake works and the value of Snowflake. They no longer needed to spend the actual time to run um, and, and kind of build out these models, uh, data sets, tables, views, um, RBAC, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's now been packaged into these, uh, these solutions, um, th therefore simplifying um, how, they, how they go to market and how they can sell the value of Snowflake. Um, so um, uh, I think um, I think that's 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 a game changer for us um, as as it relates to scaling solution and value selling um, here at Snowflake. Yeah, and so the uh, in the marketplace today, there's a lot of discussion about data products, and you've used the term data products. You've used solutions a couple of times. Um, the goal and one of the ideas in my mind behind data products is you can have people with I'll say less technical expertise necessary in order to access these data products and do the analytics, uh, you know, do whatever it is that they're trying to do. And, and how does that fit in here with the Snowflake Solution Center? Those ideas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think um, from our perspective, not everybody is an expert in all the different workloads, um, and so if you need to showcase an end-to-end -end solution. Um, you have the abilities at this point to to leverage the catalog, have them automatically deployed, and go as deep as as, as you can, and bring in the experts when you when you need to um, to deep dive um, on the technical side of things. Um, so these data products allowed us, and, and again, uh, I think we're using this term uh, interchangeably here with data products, solutions, demos. Um, ultimately, what we leverage with with DataOps Live in our solution center. Is a catalog of assets um, that a individual uh, sales engineer at Snowflake can can leverage as, as a tool in their bag um, to showcase to potential customers. Um, sometimes are the possible. Sometimes solutions that can get implemented by SIs or or Snowflake services teams. Um, sometimes the code can be can be shared with the customers. So they have that catalog now um, that allows them to um, to highlight those things uh, when and where it makes sense to to their individual accounts. Yeah, and the uh, the other part of that too is, from a data product standpoint, it's all about eliminating friction as well, uh, because no matter how good your data product is, if the path to adoption is not there, um, you're not going to be successful. And uh, if you're you know watching this right now and you're working for a tech company and you're rolling out data products uh, internally or externally, uh, or if you lead a digital team at a big organization and you're rolling out data products that people need to run uh, to be successful. Um, one of the main things that we started to really think about is reducing friction. And, uh, and the, the, I guess, uh, the, the areas that we wanted to reduce friction in are a few things uh, that Rob touched on, discoverability of the assets. So having a catalog where people can see here are all the data products that are available to me. Um, in this context, I mean, people are looking at what data products are available to them to sell Snowflake, uh, but you know, th this could this could apply really anywhere. Um, uh, discoverability is one. Second, uh, being able to to filter through and figure out, you know, what what are some of the parameters that I need to filter on to get to the right data product that that I'm looking for or a set of data products. Um, what are some of uh, the, the end outcomes these data products drive towards? Uh, and next, how do you deploy it? How do you very simply remove the friction in deploying these data products at scale? So, so from an end user perspective, 
we wanted to make that dead simple. Because if you look at how Apple does um, their product design, it's seamless. They have some of the most complex technology on earth, but they abstract all of that complexity in every single uh, one of their product design choices, right? Like when you look at AirTags, for example, if you're trying to keep track of your luggage, there's no complicated pairing process. You simply rip off the tag, off the AirTag, hold it close to your phone, and then suddenly you've got tracking, right? Enabled on that AirTag that you can put in your luggage, you can put in your car, whatever you wanna do. And, um, and it's seamless. It's a beautiful user experience. And, um, and it's something that we, we keep in mind every time we, uh, we roll anything out. Yeah, so in, in keeping with the, uh, the, the pillars of true data ops, uh, I, you're hitting a lot of them. It's like we've got the, you mentioned GitHub, so we've got the CI, CD sorts of things for developing it, the version control, uh, environment management, collaboration, this part you were just talking about, about making it easy for people to access it and see it. And I assume there's also governance in there too. It's like not everybody inside of Snowflake sees all of the products. And, you know, you said the filtering is all there and, and things like that. It seems like um, that's, that's a, uh, a key aspect of all of this as well. This, it, I imagine it would be overwhelming. You're talking about, you know, how many how many different uh, demos and deployments and feature sets are are out there, right? For for one sales engineer to try to get his head wrapped or get their head wrapped around in order to do this. Yeah, I think we, um, like I said, I think we embody a lot of those those seven pillars in, in, in our in our daily lives on the Frostbite team, um, starting even with the ELT um, side of things where. As Verna mentioned, we centrally host um, hundreds and hundreds of tables and data sets um, to support some of these solutions that um, through our pipeline processes um, get get into the accounts of, of the sales engineers and it kind of acts like the uh, like like a customer account. Um, so like what would a customer's account look like? How would that they get that data into it into the raw layer um, and then moving in from the raw layer to the different zones? Or layers, or whatever modeling techniques they may apply. So these solutions that we've developed, uh, because of the way we've we've automated this, we don't simplify um, we don't simplify the solutions themselves to to allow something to be seen. They still have the complexity in the background. So you're not you're not trying to show the value of the data platform with one table and you know a thousand rows or, or three tables, right? So um, we have massive amount of data sets and models that are driven through these pipelines and, and kind of that's why in the past our, our github and our repositories and instructions are so complex because we did not want to uh, dumb down these solutions um in, in a way that they lose their value um so so again even starting from the elt there uh, that that is still maintained through what we're doing here obviously the the ci and cd and that's massive so as we move into you know 10 20 30 40 50 different solutions uh, across the organization, and we have different levels of deployments in those 1,400 accounts. If if we if Snowflake upgrades, let's say the Python version, how do we know? Uh, and we, we roll out a change for that. Um, how do how do engineers know that? Oh, there's been a there's been a fix or an update, um, or or I'm, I'm behind in a version. Um, how do we get that out? How do we maintain that? Um, it is all part of our, our CI/CD as well as uh, automated testing and monitoring. So. Um, looking at things all the time. We haven't fully automated this, this part yet. Uh, we're getting there by making sure that um, we're not reactive 
to to problems. So as these solutions are run right now um, and in the past, we're notified by sales engineers that are about to do a demo to a customer, and all of a sudden something doesn't work, um, and that's and that's not a very good experience for anybody. So getting in front of that and having these automated tests running, uh, monitored and actioned, uh, allows us to be way more proactive and provide um, um, a, a lot more reliability uh, and comfort in, 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 in this large amount of solutions within this marketplace. Yeah, so Rob, you're you're the development manager for the industry solutions team, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so, so is you, your team is actually using the DataOps.Live platform then to to do all of this work and keep things up to date and roll out data products to the field. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we've been searching for some help in this area as the solutions teams grew and Frostbite team grew within Snowflake. Uh, we, we looked at different options, you know, whether it's home, homegrown, home build, paper solutions, et cetera, to, to kind of cover all of these pain points that we know we're talking about here today. Um, but uh, leveraging uh, data ops and, and that um, and the solution there internally with, with the actual build team um, was, was, a, was a massive um, um, efficiency for us as it relates to more complex builds, um, multiple developers uh, working in tandem on the same project, uh, being able to share and, and kind of being agile in, in the way those um, assets and um, um, different parts of the code, whether it be the model, the table, or um, ELT processes or pipelines, um, those are much, much more easily shared uh, amongst the team. Um, and, and kind of that release management process uh, has, been, has, has been simplified. And again, the true value um, of that is, is, is coming when we make changes to solutions and or we update solutions as the technologies evolve themselves and, and we get more um, uh, more features becoming available within Snowflake, uh, let's say like uh, like notebooks uh, or Cortex, et cetera. Uh, we have constant innovation, constant change happening um, that we're, we are now managing within, within DataOps. Okay, great. So, um... Uh, so you've, I assume, in the process then, prior to this, there was a lot of hand-scripted things, because I know certainly Vern and I worked with a lot of hand-scripted stuff in the early days. So have you, you know, fundamentally, you're replacing a lot of the hand-scripting and, uh, like you said, thousands of lines of instructions with uh, the functionality that's in the DataOps.Live platform. Yeah, and the real... Um... The way we've done that is through uh, creating templates um, and, and kind of working through frameworks in, in, in where a solution itself will always have some of the sim some similar principles, let's say like RBAC or, or warehouses or, or data zones. So these things are repeatable across solutions and it's kind of some of our methodology that we've, um, we, we've now worked with data ops to kind of create those templates. So as a starting point, um, those things we no longer have to look at. Uh, whereas in the past, um, as you suggested, they've been totally scripted using using standard SQL, and now within DitOps, we follow a more uh, decorative approach to to that uh, to that output. Yeah, so it sounds like uh, you guys really formed a, a real good partnership with the solution architects and engineers at DataOps.Live in in putting this solution together for Snowflake. Yeah, in this case, the actual uh, Snowflake Solution Center. Um, was 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 customized and, and kind of um, uh, we innovated on this with with data ops 
um, in, in a couple of different workshop sessions to figure out how do we get that um, that that kind of final pillar um, in collaboration and self service. Uh, how do we bring that to our internal users? And kind of uh, there was the the, the solution center was born, um, which provides us this this kind of catalog and, and kind of the area that we struggled with in in kind of sending sales engineers to GitHub where there's you know, hundreds and hundreds of repositories, how are you going to find something that is actually of value and maintained um, and, and working uh, in, in, in such a large, um, uh, uh, you know, um, I'll say unmonitored or, or um, kind of not, not, not very much standards, uh, if you will, on some of those repositories, because they may just be developer test accounts. Uh, and so as you're looking for content and, and th things to help your day-to-day -day life in, in kind of selling Snowflake, um, um, kind of the marketplace and this collaboration effort allowed us to kind of bring the level and the type of solution um, or demo or feature function that um, that particular tile uh, or, or, or solution was uh, um, um, on the marketplace itself um, was available for the, for the XLSD. So um, yeah, uh, again, that final pillar and the collaboration effort with, with DitOps to produce the, the marketplace um, was an it was an amazing process, and, and we're very happy with the results. Great. So, so Vern, uh, if you could summarize it, what what's the value to Snowflake as a whole of having the solution center available now? Oh man, that's a big question. So, the value to Snowflake, um, you know, right now we're at a critical juncture in our evolution as a company, uh, going from you know, simply selling technology capability to getting into actual solutions, right? Like, how are we solving for the industry's most complex business problems? And, um, and to make that shift with, you know, an entire sales force that is basically accustomed to selling um, feature function, product capability, and all that, there needs to be a path for them to easily adopt, learn, and, uh, and sell. Uh, solutions and business outcomes, and um, and having this uh, Snowflake Solution Center in place makes that a lot easier to do, uh, because from there uh, people can very easily discover what are the business outcomes that Snowflake can drive in specific industries. Um, how are Snowflake, um, you know, features and functions contributing to that, and um, and how do I then easily deploy that solution? And if I were to quantify it. I mean, I don't have exact numbers here, but let's say without the Snowflake Solution Center, the average sales engineer would have to take one or two hours out of their day to set up a solution. But what if they had to set up, uh, you know, five or six any given year? Um, you know, I know that may not seem like a lot in the grand scheme of things, um, but they also have to learn it, get literate with it, um, you know, start to master that solution in order to get effective selling it. And uh, if you multiply that by, you know, the 750 plus sales engineers that all have to do that, without the Snowflake Solution Center, you know, there's a, uh, a massive, massive barrier to entry in people adopting these solutions. Because if it takes long enough, there might be only a few people um, that, that actually adopt it, uh, maybe um, down the road, a bunch of other people adopt it, but you'll still have a bunch of other people who think, hey, this is taking too long. It's too hard. I'm too busy. I'm not going to bother. 
And if we reduce that barrier to entry, we could accelerate the adoption uh, of these solutions, accelerate um, you know, sales engineers' ability to execute on these, and also make uh, the user experience very good. And people talk, right? If something sucks and people hear about that, they're not going to try, right? So uh, to tackle all these problems and accelerate um, you know, people's adoption of uh, Snowflake's industry solutions will have a massive, massive outcome on Snowflake's um, you know, actual revenue targets down the road. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's the impact that I'm seeing. Yeah, and I would assume that with the, uh, um, the productization, I'll say, of the demos and the automated regression testing and all of that, I'm, I'm yeah. guessing there'd be a, a significant, significantly fewer oopses in the demos. Right. We always we always joke, right? You're doing a live demo on a webinar. It's like, oh, well, you know, it's a live demo because it just fell over. Right. I assume yeah. that that uh, that number has gone down dramatically with this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we've both been SEs, so we know how those oopses feel. And uh, we definitely don't want our, our sales engineers to to have that if it's avoidable. Yeah, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. So. With, with all of this and, you know, you guys are, you know, Snowflake itself is become a, you know, pretty, pretty massive enterprise consumer of data and the Snowflake product itself. You know, do you think it's possible for, you know, major global organizations to really be successful at scale if they're not adopting some sort of a automated data ops approach like like you guys have done with Solution Center? I don't think so. Um, you know, we exhausted every possible option that, you know, that didn't involve, um, you know, partnering with a company or purchasing a tool or platform. Like we tried everything in house and, um, you know, I think automation could come from, you know, building something in house, but that comes with its own cost, technical debt, staffing requirements. And, and we explore that option. And it was very, very onerous, very difficult. And, and you're a software company. You're actually yeah. a software company. And it's a lot even for a software company to build software to help manage their own work internally. Yeah. And Yep, exactly. And, and from there, you just have to think about what, what is the thing that you're trying to achieve? And um, what are the options? And how do you get there fast? And sometimes, you know, building things in-house may not make sense. Uh, I mean, there are companies out there that... Um, you know, prioritize building things in-house. They have, you know, digital product teams that, that do all this stuff. But if you look close enough, everyone's using tooling that, that they've procured in order to achieve some level of automation, to achieve some level of scale. And um, and we, we have truly exhausted every option and uh, DataOps.Live delivered in a massive, massive way. And we couldn't imagine, um, you know, uh, you know where, where we'd be now without their partnership so wow so uh, yeah. is there any way for you know that, that people see this solution center is this just it, you're only going to see it if you're getting a snowflake demo from a snowflake sales engineer Ooh, that's a good one i mean uh i mean it's, Rob, it, 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 I, i've seen it you know, yeah, i've so, obviously seen okay. it myself but it's like it's it's an amazing product in and of itself what you guys have developed yeah. So if um, anybody out there in the audience um, 
probably the best approach will be to talk to your friendly neighborhood account team and just ask, you know, what, what solutions are available for that, that kind of uh, are rel uh, relative to um, my company or, or, or what I'm doing. Um, and most likely there will be something available um, that, that that account team can, can bring to you. Um, whether or not they showcase the solutions that are not to you um, will, be up, will be up to the account team. Um, yeah, there's probably some sensitivity on some of the stuff in the solution center, I would imagine. But hey, you got governance, right? So you can hopefully <laughs> control that. Exactly. Very good. Well, um, so do you do you guys go out and give talks anymore yourselves? I know, you know, Vern, you and I did you did did talks together, you know, data for breakfast and stuff uh, up there in Canada. Um, people see you guys out there in the world anywhere other than or just Snowflake Summit, maybe. Yeah, Snowflake Summit's a big one. I'd love to do more. Honestly, I love public speaking. Um, you know, I love sharing the cool, innovative things that my team is doing. And, um, and yeah, I, I wish I could do more, but yeah, Snowflake Summit, uh, Snowflake events are pretty much where we, uh, where we do a lot of our speaking. Yeah. Well, and you guys have, you know, you've got the experience with what you are trying to do on the Frostbite team is very similar to, I su suspect what a lot of teams at organizations are doing you know, certainly in, in concept as they try to build out data products and deploy to non-technical business users or solutions that are going to work for them. You know, they, when they click a few buttons, it's not going to fall over dead. And they don't have to know, you know, how to, how to open a Jupyter notebook. They don't have to unroll a bunch of Python code in order to make things happen. Um, so I think there's probably a lot of good lessons that you guys have learned in the process um, that your your prospects and your customers could learn as well from you. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, a couple of Snowflake summits ago, actually, I did a session on um, rapid prototyping of uh, industry solutions or digital products, as we call it today. And um, and there was a surprising amount of um, you know good feedback from Snowflake customers who. Uh, we're, we're building digital products internally, right? And whatever industry, manufacturing, retail, they weren't necessarily selling digital products like a software company would, um, but they had to think about how do we very quickly stand these up, prototype them, uh, prove it out, get executive support and buy-in, roll it out. And, um, and there's definitely a lot here that we've learned that applies to a lot of, a lot of different contexts. So, um, I do think as well that this uh, uh, Snowflake Solution Center belongs anywhere. I think uh, I think anyone could leverage this similar framework, even though Snowflake is using it for for selling purposes. The principles, uh, the concept, um, the delivery method, I think will apply to anyone trying to build and roll out a digital product. Right. So, uh, what's the best way for folks to connect with you guys? LinkedIn's good. Yeah, LinkedIn, perfect. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, we're as as I expected, we ran a little bit over, but uh, this has been a, a great conversation. You guys, like I said, have have some amazing experiences now under your belt in uh, first establishing the Frostbite team and growing it and building these solutions, and then your your partnership with uh, DataOps.Live to build the Snowflake Solution Center. So I want to thank you guys, you know, Vern, Rob, for for taking the time to be on the show today and talk about your experience. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having us, Ken. It's always good 
to speak with a data warrior. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, and yeah, uh, please reach out anytime if you ever want to chat again. All right. I'd love to do it. A lot of fun there. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for uh, joining us today. Uh, be sure to join me again in two weeks when my guest is going to be the author of How to Succeed with Business Agile Business Intelligence. He's a consultant and a self-proclaimed BI artist, Raphael Branger, who will be coming to us from, I think, Switzerland. Um, so as always, be sure to like the replays for today's show and tell your friends about the True Data Ops podcast. And don't forget to go to truedataops.org and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the upcoming episodes. So until next time, this is Kent Graziano, the Data Warrior, signing off for now.